Happy anniversary, everybody. 22 years. 22 years of God's faithfulness. 22 years of God changing lives. 22 years of God providing for us in every way. And all the glory goes to Him. I was thinking about our anniversary and kind of going back, okay, who now has been the longest couple attending Springbrook? And it turns out to be Phil and Cheryl. And in fact, Lori and I moved in in January of 1995, and Phil helped us move in because we knew Cheryl. Uh, and they've been here ever since. So tell us about your journey. <laughs> well, um, we moved to Lake in the Hills in 1994 and bought our first starter home. And um, I was excited to hear a year later, my mom and my brother had called us and said, Pastor Dan is moving into Lake in the Hills and starting a church there. And we had been looking for a church closer to home and um, wanting to start a family. And then um, the the reason why I know Pastor Dan, he was my youth pastor when I was in junior high like and high that, school. Huh? <laughs> We're going so way I've, back. Not so I've known him a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, we were just excited to find a church close to home where we could raise our family. And we had our three kids um, growing up here. And um, through the Awana ministry, they all came to know Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as their Savior. And they were all baptized here by Pastor Dan. And mm-hmm. so it's been just a long journey of, of us um, growing closer to, in our walk with Christ. Mm-hmm over 22 years. Um, Springbrook has been a real blessing to our family and especially to me. Um, I learned to grow closer to the Lord. Um, We were able to do a small group together. We also did um, lots of other things. We are now in youth group. Um, We've been there for quite a while now, I think about three years now. Um, In previous day, we also did Awana and stuff. But um, one thing is, is that with Springbrook, he, it, it taught, taught us so much um, things about Christ and also how to become a family here. And it just, it's so great to have a church that you can go to and talk to and just do your life together. Um, it, it's just been such a blessing being here and coming here and we I told Pastor Dan that we're not going anywhere. Amen, so, brother. But <laughs> now we would call this our poster family <laughs> because again our vision here is to build passionate followers of Jesus Christ. We're a disciple making community. So here we see a couple I was first in. They had their children here. I've just seen both of you mature so beautifully over the years, and hopefully you've seen that in me. We're always growing, right? And and their kids came to the Lord, baptized, and uh, just immersed in our youth ministries, things of that nature. And that's what we want. We want to disciple families. We want to see people come to Christ, and Phil and Cheryl aren't perfect. You'd probably admit that, wouldn't you? Okay, yeah. But, uh, hey, we're not perfect. We're just along 
doing the journey together, going along the way. Now, Phil, he is a designer of all this stuff for trunk or treat. <laughs> so you got these cones, and uh, we also have the, uh, uh, the car out there, the Toy Story car. That's our theme this year. And uh, Phil, I just, the abilities God has given you are amazing. And I hear that you're building a tank that's pretty much life-size. I don't know. Yeah, it's life-size. It's going to be coming out of the wall. So it just never stops. Thanks, guys, so much. And here is a token of our appreciation. Let's thank them again. Yes. Well, this is our Vision Sunday. This is when we look forward to the new ministry season. And today I want to tell you, our elders, our leadership, myself, what we really want to focus on this year. And that is that we want to have our church with a greater passion for evangelism. I want everyone to experience a greater passion for telling people about Jesus Christ. Our vision statement here at Springbrook is reaching and building passionate followers of Jesus Christ. Reaching them, introducing them to Jesus, and then building them up, helping them to become more like Christ on a weekly basis. It's all based upon 2 Timothy 2, 2, this whole idea of discipleship. Paul writes to Timothy, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So, our responsibility as Christ followers is not just to grow in Christ and become like Him and kind of like it's all about me. No. Being a Christ follower is all about other people, investing in other people, praying for them, teaching them about who God is. That's what we want to accomplish here, and that's what this verse is about. So, and what you have heard from whoever in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men. The whole idea behind the Great Commissions is it's disciples making disciples, making disciples, making disciples. You've all heard about multi-level marketing, things of that nature. Well, they do it real well, don't they? They get a lot of people involved. They get a lot of people excited and bought in. Well, this is much better than any multi-level marketing type of scheme. Uh, this is the real thing. And we need to be passionate about helping other people come to Jesus. Boy, it's been quite a ride here at Springbrook. We started back in 1996. And I just want to find out, when you came to Springbrook, we do this every year, and the reason I do this is to honor people honor people for their commitment and just how God has used them. So 
We were at Lake in the Hills from 1996 to 1999. Would you stand up if you came to Springbrook at that particular time? Stand up. Oh, the Atkinsons, the Gannisons, Jerry Samandel, and Robin, and my wife, Lori. Well, you had to come. But <laughs> You're amazing. Uh, so, yeah, let's give these guys a hand, okay? It's because of these people that you're here today. It's because of these people that you're experiencing God's work in your life through Springbrook. And uh, that's very special. Now, you go, you know, 22 years is a long time, isn't it? I mean, we have a lot of people come and go and move and whatever. I mean, we've had so many people travel through here, thousands of people really, who again have been touched by our work for God. Well, then we moved to Jacobs High School. Then we got a big, beautiful auditorium and stage, and we were there for six and a half years. So if you came to Springbrook when we were at Jacobs, stand up. We want to honor you. All right, let's give him a hand. All right. That's beautiful. Thank you, guys. Thank you so very much. That means they have at least come 13 years and been committed uh, to our family. Now, I want to turn it around here. I want people to stand if they have come in the last two years to Springbrook. Even if you're a guest, you can stand up or you don't have to, whatever. But if you call Springbrook home the last two years, let's thank them, all right? All right. Wonderful. Now, everybody who came to Springbrook within the other period of time, once we started the, here at the building, and uh, of course, uh, two years ago, why don't you stand up? Let's give them a hand. Mm. Yeah. The church is a body of people, right? We've been chosen for this body. It's, you're not here by accident. God chose you to be involved in this ministry at this time because he needed you here. Well, over 22 years, a church goes through all types of seasons and, uh, I don't know, years ago we, we said, well, you know, it, it seems like we're not growing, we're plateaued, and we're even declining. This is not a good, good situation. So you know, we asked Lord, the Lord to lead us, and, and we found out about how an organization grows. And there's the bell curve, right? You grow, you grow, then you plateau, and then every organization eventually dies or naturally dies. So if you go through the life cycle and you don't do anything in order to again move in a different direction, it's going to be a problem. So our leadership realized that four years ago, we just, we, were, we got really serious about prayer, asking God to work in a new way, asking God to show us the direction, asking God to, again, mold us as we go through this process and and then we have our, had our disciple-driven 
initiative. And we talked about discipleship. And God brought Bill Mowry into our lives. He's a, a discipleship coach. Uh, he's part of the Navigators. You may have heard of the Navigators on college campuses. But they have a, a, a group that helps churches become very intentional in discipleship. So Bill Mowry came alongside us, and we started to really think deeply about what does it mean to make disciples. In fact, we had a group that met for two years. Every month, we were constantly studying God's Word and asking, okay, what does it mean here at Springbrook? What does a disciple look like? Because if you're going to make disciples, it'd be helpful to know what you're shooting at, right? What does it look like? And so we worked through this, and we came up with a picture of a disciple, six different things. And the beauty of this is we can say, okay, friends here at Springbrook, you want to become a stronger disciple. Here are some things that we'd like to see God grow in your life. Sharing Jesus with others. I'm talking about that. Greater passion for evangelism. Loving others by spiritually investing in them. So as you mature as a disciple, you realize, oh, wow. Again, like I said, it's not about me. It's about how I impact others, how I help them to grow, how God uses my spiritual gifts. Worship God daily through spirit-powered obedience. Now, a lot of people, when they think of worship, they think of Sunday mornings, and I understand that. But many of you know that worship is 24-7. Your whole life is a worship service. When you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord, the reason you're on this earth is to do His will, not pursue your plan for happiness, although He brings many joys to your life, but to say, God, I want to live for you. I want to be a living worship service, so I worship you wherever I go. When I go to Walmart, I can worship you. And many times I've sung in Walmart to embarrass my wife. Uh, <laughs> I would suggest maybe don't do that. And I'd still do it, but whatever, I'm different. You know? uh, the idea is, is you go to Walmart, well, number one, you're spending God's money, right? That's not your money, so you've got to make wise choices. And, and there's always opportunities to be friendly at Walmart. Isn't that, you see a lot of different people, the cashier and reader, and I just love just to go around and engage with people and just say, hey, good to see you, and, and have conversations if God leads to that. Now, you might not have that personality, but going to Walmart's a spiritual experience, and maybe you, some of you are in a job that you just hate. It's really bad. It's your supervisor, typically, that's making it so painful. Well, friends, as you go to work every day, who are you serving? Who are you serving? Jesus Christ, right? Now you're serving Jesus Christ, and I know it's not pleasant, but you can worship God 
by obeying him, by serving Jesus and showing other people how to react to difficult work situations. So again, the more you grow as a Christ follower, you say, my whole life is a worship service. The fourth thing, studies and lives out God's Word. Now, a lot of Christians like to study or listen to messages, but living it out is a totally different type of thing, right? You know, that's the key. Obviously, we need to study and and let the Holy Spirit speak to us, but then we have to respond. Serves others through their spiritual gifts. We talked about that last week. We had such a... I can't remember having such a great ministry fair than last week. It just, the Holy Spirit just brought it all together, and people were talking about visions for their different ministries, and so many people signed up, so many new people signed up. Thank you for doing that. And then cultivates a relationship with God through prayer. Prayer Prayer is your relationship with God. And you talk with Him. And again, initially it says, well, I can't do that. But that's why we have our discipleship pathway to continue to encourage you to grow. So there they are, the six different descriptors, the goals that we have. Now we know, okay, after two years studying, praying, listening to God, these, these are what we want to see in other people's lives. So the question is, how can we help people along the way? Well, this is the discipleship process. The discipleship process. This happens whenever there's discipleship going on. First of all, it's all about relationships. There's something that happens in a relationship that you cannot accomplish on your own in regards to the Word of God. Isn't life so much about relationships? Aren't those what we cherish is of relationships? We want our relationships to be strong, and when they're Christ-centered, another Christ follower, that bond is so beautiful because the Holy Spirit binds us together and there's so much support and encouragement just like we talked about our small groups up here if you're not engaged in a small group take the plunge this week we've got so many new small groups and you say well i don't know anybody well people are going to get a lot of people who don't know people together anyway so jump in and be a part of it biblical discovery and discussion Now, again, I mean, you can go out with anybody and have a great relationship, but this is what we call fellowship, where Christ is at the center of your conversation, where you get together for the specific person, purpose that is, of opening the Word of God and discovering it. Isn't it fun to discover the Word of God? It's just amazing what what God says to you and how He works in you and, oh, how He encourages you. But again, discussion. You can't discuss things with yourself, can you? 
<laughs> you need another person. Like last week we talked about, there's nothing, <laughs> there is no solo Christianity. That's not, that's not the New Testament Christianity. It's always in relationship. Because I can study all I want and I can listen to all kinds of tapes and read books. But there's something again that the Holy Spirit does mysteriously when I sit down with another person and I discover and discuss and discover and discuss. And that needs to be a part of your week every week, however you do it. We try to provide small groups, which we think is the best way. It's always been the best way throughout the years here at Springbrook. But be sure that you're talking about God's Word on a weekly basis. And then we have biblical application and affirmation. This right here, this is what typically is missing from most small groups from most conversations, spiritual conversations that you're having with people, you talk about the Bible, you have this loving relationship, and you say, wow, that is great information. And I want to do that. And maybe someday I will. But here's the difference. Sitting across from somebody, and you say, okay, What are you going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do differently this week because of what the Holy Spirit's revealed to me through the Word of God? And it doesn't stop there because the next time you get together, what happens? Well, how did it go? You said you were going to spend more time in prayer throughout the day, just just praying to God as you go throughout your day. How did that go? go. And you might say, I forgot. (laughs) Do you think people are going to bring out the hammer? You lousy Christian. No! They're going to say, okay, well, why was it difficult? Here are some ideas that are going to affirm you. Another word is accountability. You like accountability. Anybody a fan of accountability. And, oh, it's so good to be accountable to people. I just hand out my goals to anybody and say, you can ask me <laughs> how I'm doing on these. No, we don't like accountability, do we? But in order to grow as a Christ follower, you need accountability. So again, you determine what the application is, and then you keep each other accountable in the friendliest, kindest ways, and then you can be affirmed. And hey, listen, we're all messed up, okay? So most of us are really patient with other people as they grow, but we need each other to grow. That's the discipleship process. So we've mapped that out, and I tell you, God is doing new and wonderful things in our family this year. And we were working through all this kind of who we are as a church and how do we want to develop disciples, what do they look like, uh, what's a 
a pathway we can put them on. So God had us working on that. And we were praying for God's work. And I tell you what, we've never seen so many new people checking out being part of our family. We've never seen so many leaders come in and say, hey, I want to be a part of what's going on here. We're seeing people being more generous with their financial resources. Why is that? Because we prayed. We prayed and we asked God for guidance and we did the hard work of you know, hammering out this discipleship description and learning about discipleship. Fifty-two people in our ministry were trained to disciple someone. Now that is very significant in this size church. So what I'm saying is, is that we were praying that we would start a new chapter, start a new bell curve, a new vision. And God is doing it. Amen! Say it with me. Amen! Amen! Oh, yeah! Yeah! I have waited so long. And I'm saying, oh, God, what else should we do? And he has just walked through this time with us, and obviously I've learned so much. But it's fun, (laughs) right? It's so satisfying when we see new things happening because of the investment he called us to over four years. Uh, (laughs) God is so good. Now, we've been talking about discipleship. And of course, the first part of discipleship is evangelism. We've got to tell people about Jesus, and hopefully they'll claim him as their Savior and Lord. That's really important evangelism, or excuse me, discipleship. So we've done all this But we really haven't, you know, we developed the culture of discipleship here. But now we have to go a step further and fulfill the full circle of discipleship and say, let's get passionate about evangelism. Wow. You've been watching the news, right? Hurricane Florence, East Coast. The Carolinas. And your heart just breaks for these people. I mean, you've been without electricity in your house, right? And that's really a pain. That's incredibly frustrating. But how would you like to be without electricity for a week? For a month, Hurricane Maria down in Puerto Rico, their whole infrastructure 
was wiped out. And, and many people didn't have electricity for months and months on end, an impoverished, an impoverished place. There's already been deaths reported, obviously. Trees falling on people. Trees falling on houses, your, your home, where you feel safe, and all of a sudden a tree rips through it and rips your heart apart. Or a car. You think you've got it all together, and all of a sudden the flood waters come, and, and you're taken away. I mean, the loss of life, obviously, is a thing that's so devastating, but how many have experienced a really flooded home before? Yeah, okay, yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? I mean, all the work that you have to do in order to restore that location, or let's say that your home disappears. Down in Puerto Rico, you know, they had tin roofs and, you know, they didn't have a roof over their head. You know, we look at these people, we look at children being saved. Man, it's so over overwhelming. We need to be praying today for the people who are suffering. In fact, if you'd like to give, we're part of Converge Worldwide, and they have a, a fund that goes toward helping people. All you have to do is take out your phone, and you can see in the bulletin, but 77, or star 77977, and you can give a gift to Springbrook, but just put Hurricane Relief as a part of that. And we'll make sure it gets to Converge, who does an excellent job of responding to national disasters. That's a way you can help. Um, you know, the news or weather forecasters, you know, they're talking about just these terrible things going on. And then they have to say, well, here in Chicago, it's sunny. It's the best weather we've ever had. And they say it kind of unapologetically, like, I'm sorry. We're okay. You see, there are good reasons for living in the Midwest and even in Illinois, right? Hey, I don't see any hurricanes. I don't see any wildfires. Haven't seen a tornado in a long, long time. Think about that. Next time, I, I know you never have any critical thoughts about Illinois government, but uh, think that God has put you in such a safe place. And we look at this, and we look at our area, and uh, we say, wow, well, this is great, but what we don't realize is that there's a hurricane going on in pretty much every home. Think about this. 
Lord, here. Marital conflict, divorce, financial problems, substance abuse, teenage rebellion, mental illness. People, people are dying on the inside, you know? People look fine, but their life is, it's a hurricane. And friends, you know, and we have hurricanes in our lives too, right? But we have Jesus. We have that foundation of God and his love for us. We know he's going to take care of us, but they don't have that. Don't you want them to have that? It's the greatest gift we can give a person. And here's the mystery. It's the greatest gift. But it's one of, one of the things that Christians have the most difficulty doing. And I understand why. So what we're going to do here at Springbrook, and we've already started, I'll tell you more about it, but we're going to get our staff and key leaders talking about this, and we're going to create a culture, a culture of reaching out to people. Loving them right where they're at. And praying, praying, praying that God would change their hearts and that God would open their eyes so they can see Jesus Christ's love. One practical way we're going to do this is we have a great event coming up, and it's the marriage date night. It's happening November 16th, 7 to 10 p.m. Tickets are $35 per couple. VIP tickets are $50 or $75. And for those, you get to sit and talk with me before the show. No, I'm just kidding. You can talk to the people who are performing, whatever. We're praying for a full house, 300 couples. Friends, this is a way... An actionable step that we can say, okay, we're serious about reaching lost people. Lori and I have already bought tickets for ourselves and for whoever we invite, which I think will be our neighbors. So that's $70. Hey, if we're going to reach people, we have to make an investment in it. So that's my challenge to you today. Let's, let's watch this video that gives us a preview of what's coming here. Hello, Springbrook Community Church. My name is Amberly Neese, and I'm a comedian with the Marriage Date Night Tour. Thank you so much for opening your doors and hosting. My husband and I have been married for 26 years, and I don't know about you, but sometimes the stress of the ordinary life can be extremely draining. Things like permission slips, taxes, chores, jobs, kids. Ah! So we here at Marriage Date Night have the passion to take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. So I want to invite you to a one-night, three-hour event just for married couples. I'm excited to say that Leland Clausen, actor and comedian, so hilarious, and Johnny Diaz, chart-topping Christian artist, will be joining me as we dive into the fun of marriage for 15 nights this fall. This is not a marriage retreat. This is a marriage reboot full of fun and laughter. Hey there, my name is Leland Clausen, and I am so excited about the marriage date night being a part of this show. Uh, I'm going to come and bring in you some comedy, and uh, fellas, trust me on this, uh, you're going to love it. 
and yet you're, you, you, it's your wife who's going to think, oh, he's going out of his way to do this thing for us. And then meanwhile, you're having a great time. It's, it's perfect. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Johnny Diaz, and I am so excited about Marriage Date Night. Now, you might know me from my song, Breathe, and that's my prayer, that Marriage Date Night is just a chance for you and your spouse to just breathe. You know, we have a lot going on in our lives, and I hope this night is a night where you can come and laugh and breathe and just connect together. You know, I pride myself on being a storyteller, so I want to tell you stories through my songs, but I also want to tell you stories about my songs, where songs like More Beautiful You and Breathe and a bunch of other songs came from. So I can't wait to share with you. I can't wait to see you at Marriage Date Night. So come on out to Marriage Date Night. You're going to have an amazing time. Yeah, invite your neighbors, invite your small group, any couple friends you might have. Absolutely, and visit us at www.marriagedatenight.com for tickets and more information. Wow, isn't that fun? And French. Yeah. They're not on video. They're actually here on stage. Now... And we have really no financial risk with it. So it's kind of like, God, well, thank you so much. What a great opportunity to invite other couples. Out. Let's pray we pack this place out. 600 seats, 300 couples. Again, take that step of faith. Buy two sets of tickets at the cafe. And, yeah, one more thing I have to tell you about. And that is next week we're beginning a new series that I think you're going to want to bring your friends to. We're going to talk about the real God, who God is. Let's watch this video together. There is a deep sense of unease in our rapidly changing world. We all know something has been lost, but we don't know why or where it all leads. Popular culture tells us it is all about me and that we should worship our creations rather than the creator. In politics, the end justifies the means. In relationships, love means self-satisfaction. In life, status and appearance are what count. In the church, confusion replaces clarity and conviction. Our faulty and distorted view of God is at the root of all our problems within and without. But what if we viewed God differently? What if we saw him the way he longed for us to see him? Instead of worshiping a comfortable golden calf of our own creation, we can worship a God that is holy, wise, and just. One whose faithfulness and goodness are matched by his power and sovereignty over all things. This is a God that can deliver us from evil and transform lives. This is a God worth worshiping. The way back, the path of hope, starts with knowing God for who he really is. We need to know the real God. The thing that will help you grow closer to God is to know who he is. The idea that you have of God is distorted in some way. Same way with me. I've been studying it forever. But again, we always have to go back and think because, you know, if we have a big God, He can do big things. But the problem is that many times 
our God is too small because we really have not begun to realize how great he is. So a great time for believers to continue to grow in their knowledge as well as inviting people out. Any, invite them out any week because I'll learn about God. Thank you so much for being here. We're heading to Randall Oaks Park. We're going to have a great time and have a great day. God bless.